0: It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word, Broomgate. Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Welcome to the Girlfriend's Guide to Sports Podcast. My name is Claire Coles, and this is your weekly update. It's Monday, June 27th. Let's start with what you missed over the last week, and then we'll move on to what to watch this upcoming week in the world of sports. Okay, so we have a lot to get to in what happened over the last week and not a lot of what to watch. Starting off with baseball, the Yankees and Astros series this weekend was one for the books. The Yankees are top of the American League right now, and you guessed it, the Astros are sitting in second. The Yankees actually are top of the MLB overall. The teams evenly split the series two to two with the Yankees bookending the series with W's. After winning seven to six on Friday, the Yankees only had one run against all. Pitcher Verlander, who is looking strong after his return from Tommy John surgery, Aaron Judge went 0-3 against Verlander. This loss ended the Yankees' home streak at 15. And if the Yankees fan thought that was bad, it got way worse. The New York team had their eighth. No hit of all time. So it's like a no hitter, but it wasn't done by like one pitcher. So the whole Yankees team actually never got a base hit. So that's what I mean by a no hitter this time. That is the first time that this has happened to the Yankees in 19 years. That being said, Aaron Judge did hit his second walk off in the 10th inning on Sunday's game of the series. Good timing, too, as his salary is being discussed, and he actually gave his bat to longtime Yankees fan Spike Lee. No big deal there. Eight people got ejected after the Angels-Mariners brawl during the second inning on Sunday night's game. The Mariners manager, the Angels interim manager, and six players were ejected, including three of the top four hitters in the Mariners lineup. Tempers flared after Angels pitcher Wance hit Mariners' winker with the first pitch of the inning. This was after he threw a pitch behind the head of Rodriguez in the first inning. Rodriguez's wild pitch seemed, in quotations, to be in retaliation to the night before Eric Swanson, who pitched a 95-mile-per-hour fastball by Mike Trout's head on Saturday night's game. So basically just emotions were running high the entire series, and the fight just started, and it started two times, and there is a link on the blog. Phillies outfielder Bryce Harper is out out indefinitely after he suffered a broken thumb from being hit by a 97 miles per hour fastball from Padres pitcher Snell. He also, when Snell went to apologize, he flat out was like, I know it's not your fault. He's caught on camera saying that. So what a class act there. Shortly after solidifying the number one draft pick this year, the Orioles went ahead and won their fourth game in a row, which is the longest streak for the team this season. It did end at four, however, because they lost the very next game to the same team, the White Sox. Their current record is 34-39, and the MLB draft will be the week of the 16th. Moving along to NCAA baseball. So going back to the beginning of the week, we've got some catching up to do. Ole Miss put a beat down on the Razorbacks, winning thirteen to five on Monday. Also Auburn beat number two Stanford in an elimination game to send the Cardinals home. The Razorbacks bounced back nicely though, sending the Tigers home the very next day. Number five, Texas A&M beat the Fighting Irish 5-1 to one on Tuesday. They moved on to face Oklahoma in the semis, but then the tables flipped on the Aggies and they lost, well, 5-1 to one to the Sooners, who continued to roll and not needing an elimination game. Arkansas did get the revenge for that nasty score on Monday, barely beating the Rebels to force an elimination game on Thursday. This is winner-take-all in the semis to see who goes to the final. And the Rebels got the last laugh, though, winning 2-0 to zero on Thursday to get into the final to face the Sooners. We had an off day on Friday, and then the final series started on Saturday. This is a best-of-three series. So if they each split Game 1 and Game 2 with wins, then we take a winner-take-all Game 3. OU was looking to do something that had not ever been done. It's called the Diamond Double, which means they would win both the softball and the baseball national championship in the same year. However, the Ole Miss Rebels did stand in the way, and they struck first, going up four to zero by the end of the third inning in game one. The Sooners are known for their batting and didn't have a single hit until the sixth inning of that game Ole Miss won 10 to 3 and that seemed to take the wind out of Oklahoma Sunday was game two and OU needed a win just to get to that game three and it was a pitching battle until the fifth and again the Rebels struck first scoring a run however the next inning the Sooners answered with two runs but left the bases loaded and man they needed more in that inning because Ole Miss put up three in the next inning to go up four to two and that was, ended up being the final score. This is the first national championship for Ole Miss in baseball. The Rebels went from being last four in to national champs. Moving along to the NBA, and I know you're like, why? Because season just ended. But we did have the NBA draft this past week. And number one was actually a surprise. While we expected Pablo Benchero to be top three, Pablo was a shock at number one. Other things to note in the draft that Duke had four players go in the first round, Pablo included. And the OKC Thunder drafted two different Jalen Williams. They had different spellings, but they and they are two different people, but they did both go to the Oklahoma City Thunder. And one is actually a cousin of one of my former teammates. So happy to see him go to OKC. We've got some quick football news. The Supreme Court ruled in favor of a Washington football coach. He was just a JV coach, so this isn't college or anything, but he can pray on the field with his team. He was let go after his contract was up because he refused to stop praying with the team before games. Now it is constitutional that he can do that. Another quick thing I don't even feel like I should mention, but Rob Gronkowski has announced his retirement again. And I almost didn't even put this news story in here because I truly think he'll be back again. Like last time, uh, Tom Brady convinced him to come back for last season. They won a Super Bowl ring. So why stop there, man? So even Michael Strahan on Good Morning America said, yeah, don't worry. We'll see him out on the field again. So I have good good faith saying that that's probably true. On a final football note, Arch Manning, yes, like that Manning family is now a Texas Longhorn. So he went ahead and said he declared his allegiance to the university and he will attend there, not for this upcoming season, but the season after that. Interesting to see what Ewers does. If you remember from earlier this summer, Ewers transferred from Ohio State back to Texas to be their starting quarterback. Looks like he will only have one free competition year. Hold on, folks, because we got a lot of golf news. So June 26th is a good day to be a Shafley. Last year, Xander and his wife got married, and this year, Xander won the Travelers Championship. Shafley won on the 18th after a three-shot swing when Sahith Thigala had a bunker shot that frankly just looked like the rest of us playing on a weekend, taking two shots to get out of the bunker. Thegala ended with a double bogey, his only bogey of the day, but it was only a matter of time for the rookie. Don't worry. He will be back, and he's been hanging around, so I have some faith. Shoffley won by two strokes over Thigala and JT Poston. This is Xander's sixth PGA Tour title and second of the year after winning with teammate Patrick Cantlay in New Orleans. Amateur Thorbinson got fourth, which is the best finish by an amateur ever at this tournament major changes are coming to the PGA tour and I don't mean just another league commissioner Jay Monahan has announced that there will be eight marquee events with much higher purses and then three events in the fall that will have no cut with 50 players to compete also, the FedEx Cup season will run from January to August. Right now, it is a wraparound season. So, literally, like they take two weeks off and it starts all over again. That will end for the 2024 season. This obviously is a reaction to the new Live Tour, and no word on where the extra money for the events will come from. But that price tag looks to be about $53.8 million. And of course, as we just mentioned, the Live Tour. So let's go ahead and talk about them for a second. Brooks Kepka has announced that he will join the Live Tour along with Abraham Answer this past week. Also, as of today, Matt Wolf is on that list as well. This should come to no surprise because if you listened to the Live Tour episode, I hinted this may happen when I mentioned him and Bubba Watson were in the hype video. No word from Watson yet. Brooks Kepko was a little bit of a surprise after his eye rolls at the U.S. Open press conference. Spaniard and number two amateur who just turned pro Eugenio Chukara is also rumored to be joining the Live Tour. On to hockey, and we got to go back to the beginning of last week to give you an update because the Lightning actually won game three. This was last Monday in very convincing fashion, 6-2, to and I can't be the only one who was like, okay, here we go. I mean, this is the two-time defending Stanley Cup champions. The Tampa Bay team was still down two games to one in the series, however. Game four was just as crazy and went into overtime when the Avalanche came back to tie in the third period. It lasted about 12 minutes before Kadri won it for the Avalanche. Game five was do or die for the Tampa Bay team, and they won it by scoring a goal in each period. That then took the series back to Tampa. The Lightning may have struck first in game six, but the Avalanche answered with two goals in the second period and never looked back. They beat the two-time defending champs to win the Stanley Cup last night. Their parade will be on Thursday, and it looks like Lord Stanley, which is a.k.a. the trophy, got a little dinged up in the celebration afterwards. There is a link to that video on the blog. Moving along to Olympic sports and we've got a lot going on. So starting with swimming, we had FINA swim worlds and they are over for the swimming part. Anyway, diving and water polo continue this week, but let's get to what happened in the pool. The women's four by 100 medley relay was the final medal of the competition and it was a record setting 45th medal for the United States. Italy upset the American men in the same event. Canada also finished with their record of 11 medals at this Worlds with some help from the 15-year-old Summer McIntosh. Katie Ledecky continued her dominance at these Worlds, taking home five golds, including individual titles in the 400-meter, the 800-meter, and the 1500-meter free. Justin Ress won the 50 meter back for the USA and fellow American Hunter Armstrong took second. However, then Ress was DQ'd for not having a body part out of the water at the touch. In other words, you cannot be completely submerged in the water when you touch the wall. That was then later overturned after the medal ceremony. So someone else, which was luckily his teammate, Hunter Armstrong, got the gold medal. But that also means someone else was on the medal podium and doesn't take home a medal. But Ress is the world champ overall. We also had the return of some older champions. Sweden, Sarah Sjöström and Lithuanian Melatite won the 50 meter events for the women, and it was a return in what is usually a very teenager-like obsessed sport. So Melatite won the bre- the 50 meter breast over the world record holder from Italy, and Sarah Sjöström did the fly free 50 meter. Double. Shoystrom has the most individual medals ever won, especially considering that she is from a nation that doesn't have a lot of relays that are a power country. In contrast to on the in the pool, on the track, we had U.S. Outdoor Championships this weekend. There was a heat advisory, not only because of the fast speeds, but it was also just plain hot outside. And so m- events were moved around. So if you saw that TV was kind of delayed, that was why. Worlds will be competed in Oregon on the legendary Hayward Field again, which was the same as the USA's, in just three weeks. So let's go over who will be on that world team and some other major crazy heads headlines shikari richardson did not make it out of the heats in the 100 meters which was just frankly upsetting and crazy melissa jefferson from coastal carolina who got eighth at ncaa's a couple of weeks ago on the same track is now the u.s champion richardson also was in the 200 meters but did not make the final kentucky sprinter abby steiner set another world leading mark Stephanie McLaughlin had a dream start to her outdoor championships, resetting her own world record in the 400 meter hurdles. She ran frankly a flawless race. It looked so easy and she had no Dalila Muhammad who's an automatic qualifier. So she's auto goes to world. So she did not compete at USA's, but she didn't even have her to push her and she still won almost two and a half seconds in front of the next finisher and broke her own world record. This is the third, third time she's broken it in a year. Also, the goat Allison Felix ran in her final US Championships. This is 22 years after her first appearance at the event. She did make the final on time in the 400 meters and got 6th, so she will be on the world team as part of the 4x400 four meter relay or as part of the mixed team relay. She can be alternate, she can be on the prelim team, she will be there in some capacity. That is a huge relief for those of us who grew up watching her and idolizing her. She is just as nice as you would hope she would. I met her personally. So I am being a fan of hers for a very, very long time. It will be very nice to watch her in one more world championship. The, well, on the other side, the men's 400 meter race looks to be in good hands with Michael Norman, who had a disappointing fifth place finish at the Tokyo Olympics, but who ran the world leading time at USA's. Let's stick with some world-leading times. Fred Curley won the 100-meter for the men. He is usually a 400-meter runner, but he did get silver in Tokyo. This is quite an unusual transformation, as he had one of the best starts of his career this weekend to run 977. World record holder Kenny Harrison won the 110 hurdles with the same world-leading time. Rye Benjamin ran a world-leading time in the 400 hurdles as well. His major competition will be from Norway, so obviously wasn't at USA's. Eagles wide receiver Devin Allen barely squeaked onto the world team, placing third in the high 10, 110 hurdles. The men's 200 saw a battle between Noah Lyles and teenager Arian Knighton, who is being called the next Usain Bolt. I do not say that lightly. However, Knighton's PR at age 18 is half a second faster than Usain Bolt's was. Knighton looked to have the race won at USA's, but Noah Lyles came back on him and even had time to point at the camera. This might be the start of one fantastic rivalry. So that kind of goes what happened at USA's. I could go on for a lot longer, but I know track and field is not everyone's favorite. It just happens to be one of mine. But sticking with Olympic sports, the Tour de France starts this week, and there will be two major names missing from the start line. Julien Alaphilippe, two time champion, and Mark Cavendish, who tied for the record number of stage wins, will both be absent. Julien is recovering from a crash that happened two months ago, and Mark just frankly did not make the cut. The Tour de France will begin on July 1st and run through the 24th. Also this week, we have some tennis news as Wimbledon has started. Remember that Russian and Belarusian athletes are banned from playing in this tournament. And in retaliation to that, the ATP, where the Tennis Association, took away world ranking points from this Grand Slam event. This caused a lot of stars to not show up to the tournament, but that being said, you will still see some familiar faces. Djokovic is trying to defend his title, and the king of the clay Nadal is also there. However, reigning U.S. champ Medvedev is not, as he is Russian. Serena Williams is making an appearance after it was rumored that she would not. And so are fellow Americans Coco Goff and Sloane Stevens. Also, world number one Iga Swiatek is also there. Check out the blog for the men's and women's brackets. Okay, so I know that was a lot on what you missed this last week, but we don't have a ton of stuff going on to watch this upcoming week. We do have MLB games on Tuesday starting with the Astros at the Mets, a different New York team, at 6:10 on TBS, followed on Thursday by the Padres at the Dodgers at 9:10 on Fox Sports 1. Then on Saturday we have the A's at the Mariners at 3:10 on Fox Sports 1. And then a choice of, or based on your geographical location, not actually a choice, the Red Sox at the Cubs or the Padres at the Dodgers on Fox that night. Sunday, will round out the weekend with the Royals at the Tigers at 11.05 on Peacock. And then the Cardinals at the Phillies without Bryce Harper at 6 p.m. on ESPN. Moving along, we have football. The USFL championship is this weekend. That will be on Sunday. Will be the Birmingham Stallions. They will play at home versus the Philly Stars at 6.30 p.m. on Fox. In the PGA Tour, we will be playing the John Deere Classic. Round one will begin on Thursday at 2 on Golf Channel. And same for round two on Friday. Then we will move on to Saturday. The round three will be at noon on Golf Channel and then switching over to CBS at two o'clock. Same for the final round on Sunday. Also this weekend, starting on Thursday, we have the Live Tour, the second event that will be played in Portland. This will be the first time the Live Tour comes to the United States. Round one will begin Shotgun Start at 1.15 p.m. You can watch that on YouTube or live.com. Then round two will be on Friday at the same time. And round three, a.k.a. the final round, because this is the Live Tour, on Saturday at the same time time olympic sports to watch this week is really the tour de france on saturday stage two can be viewed at 7 a.m on usa and then it actually switches over to nbc at noon sunday you can also catch stage three at 7 a.m on usa We've got a couple of soccer games this week. U.S. International Friendly, USA versus Columbia will be at 9 p.m. on ESPN on Tuesday. Then we've got an MLS game, LAFC versus FC Dallas, woo, at 9.30 p.m. on Fox Sports 1. And then on Monday, July 4th, because we'll obviously have a holiday, so I will not be doing this on July 4th. I'll probably do it on Tuesday, July 5th. We have a Connoissef women's game, the United States versus Haiti, at 6 p.m. on CBSSN. And we have a USL game that night as well. Obviously, like I said, we've got Wimbledon that began this week. So Tuesday, we'll finish out round one. All of these will pretty much be at 5 a.m. on ESPN. Round two can be found Wednesday and Thursday at 5 a.m. on ESPN. And round three can be viewed on Friday at 5 a.m. on ESPN and then again on Saturday rounding it out at 7 a.m. on ESPN Sunday you can catch breakfast at Wimbledon at 6 a.m. on ESPN followed by the round of 16 at 7 a.m. on ESPN and then on Monday July 4th the round of 16 continues at 5 a.m. on ESPN 2 or you can catch it at 7 on ESPN I know it was a bit of a longer episode this week, but that's because we had NCAA baseball and NHL finish out their season. And if you're sitting there, oh my gosh, what do I have to look forward to? Only baseball's on. We got Wimbledon and the Tour de France. You also have Worlds for track and field coming up, and we've got the World Cup later this year as well. So don't worry, sports will be back. It just now is gonna be mainly baseball for a little bit longer. If you want those times again, go check out the blog, The Girlfriend's Guide to Sports. Don't forget to rate the episode if you liked it. And I'll catch you all next week after the 4th of July holiday. So happy 4th, everyone.